So as you would expect, David Seymour, who is the architect of the End of Life Choice Bill, will be pretty stoked with those results. 65.2% of people voted yes for his uh, yeah. law, 33.8% again. And on the line with us is ACT Party leader, David Seymour. G'day, David. Hello, David. Hey, Simon. Phil, how are you? Very well, good, mate. Thanks. So how do, how do you celebrate? I'm gathering you'll be pretty stoked right now, although you, you had a pretty good indication from those so-called exit polls that this was the way it was going to go. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, the polling that we shared um, with people a, a couple of days ago um, was almost exactly right. Um, and uh, so we, we thought that this would be the result. And obviously, you know, I just think it's such a good day for New Zealand that our whole country has to, has, has a say on this. And we've come out on the side uh, that actually we do want to give people choice, dignity and control if they're suffering at the end of their life. Uh, that means that we're compassionate. Um, and I just think, you know, the fact that we had to reason through uh, a debate where not everyone was entirely upfront and honest about their motives or their arguments uh, shows that not only are we a compassionate people, um, but we're also uh, a very uh, intelligent and thoughtful people. David, what what in your mind now that now that it's basic? I mean, I know the final results not in, but it's so comprehensive. Very obviously, it is it is going to get passed. When you look back on this campaign, what do you think were the were the most uh, egregious things that were said about it that you you felt were totally not correct? Oh, look, I, I don't really want to rehearse some of the the wrong arguments that right. uh, have been made, but what I would say is that there are two basic reasons why people might have voted against this bill. And I want to say to those people, uh, it's okay. Uh, First of all, if you're someone who just fundamentally believes in in your personal value system that assisted dying is wrong, uh, that's okay. Nobody's asking you to choose it. Uh, We're simply asking you to respect the choice of others who do. Uh, We can live together uh, with different values we we have to as a country. Uh, The second reason people may have voted against it is that they're concerned that it will somehow lead to people being surreptitiously steered into uh, assisted dying, that they may not be fully competent when they choose. And I I just want to say to people, I've I've said it many times, uh, but it's true, uh, this legislation is so comprehensive in its safeguards, uh, so watertight, that if anything, it's probably a little bit more difficult than it needed to be uh, for people to become eligible to have the choice. Uh, so there really is, is nothing to fear and nothing to be concerned about. Uh, I just hope now that people will accept the result and uh, respect the choice of those who want it um, and uh, understand that if people want nothing to do with it, they needn't do. Mm. It's interesting. It's a big margin for you, David, and and, and one you, you perhaps picked toward the end there. There are a number in the medical fraternity that thought the law was badly drawn up. It was bad law. It wasn't actually necessarily the content, but it was bad law. In your view, do you agree that... You know, and this is this is some concern that people have around this particular law that it could be expanded, as you've you've seen in some European countries. You know, do you agree that at any time politicians could amend your bill to say include, as they do in the Netherlands, terminally ill children under twelve? Yeah. Well, let's let's just let's just unpack a, a few things there. Uh, first of all, I think to a large extent it was a rhetorical and campaign strategy to say that um, people had realised that New Zealanders overwhelmingly support the principle that it's your life and it's your choice. 
so they started to make the argument, look, if you are on that side of the fence, that's okay. Uh, please vote no because it's the specific drafting. So in a sense, I think they made that argument uh, because it logically was sort of the only argument left. Um, I haven't seen them uh, give uh, a, a proper or compelling reason uh, why there's anything wrong with this law. Actually, I don't think any law in the country's history uh, has had a 16-month select committee, uh, you know, has had in total two and a half years uh, of legislating uh, going through Parliament. It's been a five-year process since I put it into the members' ballots. Um, you know, it's had more scrutiny, more submissions to the select committee and so on than, than just about any other legislation, and it's been very... Uh, well drafted. So I, I don't really know what they're trying to say. Um, on the second argument, and this is another argument that sort of people use because logically it's it's the one left to them in debates, is, okay, it will change in the future. They say we, we've given up arguing against this law, uh, so we're going to argue against uh, some hypothetical other version of it. Yeah. Well, for that to happen, uh, Parliament would have to go through the whole process again. Uh, people would have to agree uh, that it was the right thing to do. And the, the history of these kinds of issues is that members of parliament are generally pretty uh, reticent about taking them on um, and, and debating them. So I think it's extremely unlikely. But you uh, could just get, an, without going over the whole you know, select committee, you could get amendments to your bill though, couldn't you? Well, that would require the full legislative process. You would have to introduce a bill to, to amend this law. But that would take less than five years. I'm just saying, hypothetically, that is what some of the concerns are, that maybe an amendment, as they've looked at, as I say, in Belgium, it's been expanded, this euthanasia law, to include children, terminally ill children under 12. The Netherlands are looking at doing that. These are the concerns. I'm not... I'm not I'm well, looking. Well, well let's, let's just be clear. First of all, five years is, is not a, a fair standard, uh, by and large. Um, you know, laws in New Zealand are passed uh, in, in under a year. I suspect that this one, if it was to come up, would be an extended process, but it's pretty comprehensive uh, making a law in Parliament. And like I say, I think it's unlikely that, that Parliament would do that again. Mm. Um, now, let's just be clear about the international evidence on this. Um, there's now about 200 million people uh, who live uh, with a, an assisted dying law. Um, not one of them has ever reversed their law, and only one of them has ever changed their law, and that was Belgium, where I have to say I think their whole cultural approach to this issue is quite different from the countries I would compare New Zealand with, uh, the Americans, the Canadians, and now the Australians. So I, I think this idea that you know once you get these laws, they change, mm. well, the evidence for that is one country made one change in 20 years. Uh, nobody else has, including the countries most like us, um, so, look, I, I, I think that's, you know, the so-called slippery slope argument is a, more of a debating point that, that people tend to bring up. Um, it's not really something that is borne out in the evidence. And then, of course, people say, oh, but there's a country that's looking at changes. Well, you know, if you're sitting overseas, you go on the party website um, and uh, you could make the argument there's people in New Zealand want quite a lot of uh, significant change to our economic policies. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean New Zealand's going to do it, sadly, but we're going to keep battling an act for individual freedom right. and personal responsibility. Very good. Very good. Good answer. And the last thing I'm just interested in this, because Daniel Andrews uh, in Victoria, when he was asked about the question when, when their law passed, how many assisted suicides there'll be in the first 12 months, he, he predicted, I think, 
um, I think he said like a 12 or 13 or something. There was 120 in their first year. Do you have any numbers of how many you think may avail themselves of this new law? Uh, well, I don't want to get in the same game as Daniel, Daniel Andrews mm. on just about anything at the moment. But look, there's a few things you can say. One is that um, in, in countries in, in the US where they have the lowest rates, uh, it's about half a percent of all deaths. Um, in countries where they have more liberal laws, as you've mentioned, in Belgium and the Netherlands, uh, it's creeping up towards 3 or 4% of, of all people who die. Um, I suspect that we'll be somewhere in the middle, like Canada or the Australian state of, of Victoria, as you mentioned, um, and it will be 1% or 2% of all people uh, who die each year. Now, 30,000 people uh, die in New Zealand, so that's sort of, you know, three to, to 600. Um, but it won't happen... Uh, straight away. It'll take a few years until, you know, enough doctors uh, are trained and, and willing to help people, uh, until more people are aware of the option, uh, until people have sort of had time to plan, you know, if I get a terminal illness, this is what I'd like to do. So initially the numbers will be lower than that, and I expect in the long term, uh, you know, it will be in the, the sort of low to mid hundreds each year. David, thank you very much thank for your you. time, mate. Have a great afternoon. Hey, thank you. Have a Take great care. day. You too. Act Party leader, David Seymour.